didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney. And this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, looking at every single episode of Stranger Things. We've made it to Stranger Things season four, and we are on chapter six titled The Dive. And Colin is here with your summary. The sixth chapter of Stranger Things 4, titled The Dive, debuted on Netflix on May 27, 2022. It was written by Curtis Gwynn and directed by Nimrod Antal and has a runtime of one hour, 15 minutes, and six seconds. We pick back up on the night of Tuesday, March 25th, 1986, just after Patrick met his untimely end. The police are questioning Jason, who claims Eddie is a vessel for Satan. At an undisclosed location, Lieutenant Colonel Sullivan is giving Agent Wallace the once-over, trying to find out where Elle is. And in the Nina Project bunker, Brenner tells Elle that she's getting better and that she just needs to watch a couple home movies and she'll get her powers back. The next day, Wednesday, March 26th, Eddie steals a walkie-talkie and calls the gang who were at Chief Powell's press conference at Reefer Ricks. They all agree to meet at Skull Rock. The Cali boys, meanwhile, have arrived at Casa Bingham, Argyle catches the eye of Susie's sister, Eden, before they all discover Susie out on the roof. They tell her they need to find the location of the computer that answered when they called Harmon's phone number, only they tell her that it's for a secret new American Tendo gaming console. With the help of her siblings, she's able to sneak onto her confiscated computer and figure out the coordinates are in the middle of nowhere, Nevada, while Argyle and Eden chill in the van with some purple palm tree delight. Joyce and Murray have tied up Yuri after the plane crash and threatened to leave him there before he agrees to take them to his church. In the prison, meanwhile, Hopper, Enzo, and the others sit down to an elaborate feast, but Hopper knows it's because the warden wants to plump them all up for the Demogorgon. Hopper pockets some vodka and, after dinner, stages a fight with Enzo so he can steal the guard's lighter. Back in town, Jason fires up the residents to go find the Hellfire Club, leaving our hero's parents a little panicky. They screech home, and Karen calls the police because the kids are missing. Turns out they're on their way to Skull Rock. Lucas and Max share a moment, and Robin and Nancy officially become friends. When they get there, Eddie hugs Dustin because best buds. Then Dustin figures out his compass is all wonky. There must be a gate, maybe just a snack-sized one, nearby. Deep in the bunker in Nevada, Elle is remembering her time with the friendly orderly, who told her that Brenner lies sometimes. Later, she remembers a sparring training that ended with Elle force-pushing two away to take the win. Brenner noticed the friendly orderly had gotten a little too friendly with Elle and shocked him till he was unconscious. Elle then got threatened by two and his goons, and then she remembered the massacre, later confessing to Brenner that it was all her fault. Back in Hawkins, the older kids leave Dustin, Lucas, and Max on the shore of Lover's Lake and paddle out to find a gate in the water, or, you know, water gate. Steve goes down first and finds it. When he comes back up, he gets pulled under, so Eddie, Robin, and Nancy all go in after him. Dustin, Lucas, and Max turn themselves into the cops to keep them from discovering our heroes out in the rowboat. In the Upside Down, Steve is attacked by Demobats. The end of Chapter 6. I really like this episode. I did too, and I think, you know, coming off last week's, which was kind of a, you know, bridge episode, I guess, you know, and then that one coming off of dear billy you know mm-hmm. I, th- I thought it was good i thought it was uh there's a lot of good stories and 
you know, they, they all kind of had interest. And I, I actually, I didn't mind the, the Hawkins lab stuff either too, which is usually kind of my least favorite bits, but yeah, I think a lot of it helped because of Susie and going to see Susie's family, which was just a super fun little vignette. Yeah. I love it. So. Yeah. Uh, before we get any further, would you like to do your homework? I would love nothing more. Yes. So are you ready for your homework? You're late again. Yeah, I had to get catch up homework. Let's do it. Okay. I've got five questions this week. I did good. Some <laughs> of them are hard. You did your homework. Mm-hmm. So number one, what box was on the right-hand side of Susie's little brother when they rang the doorbell? There was a box on the floor. Oh, I saw it too. And I saw, I saw the box that she, that Eden slapped the timer down onto as a candle making kit. I actually freeze framed it to. It's not that one. I know. I remember it being on the, I remember seeing it, but I don't, I don't think I'd, I'd ever get it. It is a Jubilee punch set. Oh, it was like a punch bowl. Yeah. 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 Punch bowl. Okay. This is easy. Number two, what number was 11 aiming for in Plinko? Three, right? Because she got, no, she got six. Shoot. Hang on. Don't cheat. I'm not cheating. She got, she was aiming for three. Yep. Okay. Three. okay. But she got, she got six once and she got something else another time. But yeah. Okay. Three. Yay. Okay. Number three, what subject was Susie's award for on her bedroom wall? Hmm. I remember the Muppet movie poster. I remember the Brigham Young pennant. I like the Wizard of Oz poster. There was the In the Desert poster. It was above her bed. There was a Jesus. There's <laughs> a Jesus picture. Mm-hmm. There was a Jesus book on her nightstand. There was a dust. I can tell you everything else in the room. Why am I not seeing? It was an award. I, I mean, I would guess math or science or something, but I don't. It was I, math and science. It was really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the math. I, I couldn't. I couldn't make out what the like where who gave her the award. It was like something math and science award. Okay, so I was yeah, trying I mean, to see if it was like her school or something, but I couldn't make it out. That, that was just going by logic more than anything. Yeah. So. Okay, number four. Who fights number two first? Six. Yes, correct. And number five is. What is Dustin's birthday? Well, I figured out the math that it's May 30th, but I don't know what the, what the going theory is. I mean, I can defend May 30th because I, I had May 31st. Cause I thought it was the 26th of March. They are the there. 26th of March. So it's two months, May three days, March 29th and five hours, which would bring it to May 30th. Oh, okay. I think. But I mean, there's all kinds of issues here because the clock in the house, um, you see it very briefly when Eden and Argyle are first seeing each other, they kind of kind of backs into the room and there's a grandfather clock on the wall. And it's it's like 11, 15, 11, 12, 11, 13, somewhere in there. Are you calculating March 31st? Well, see, that's the thing, because she says his birthday is in three days and five hours, which means it must be seven o'clock at night to be five hours to go to midnight for the next day, but it's not, it's like 11, 15 in the morning. So, I mean, I went through and actually, 
It's funny. I was telling Holly, she's like, what are you doing today? I'm like, cause it was like Monday and like everybody's vacationing and barbecuing and stuff. And I'm, I'm sitting down and I'm writing a timeline out for season four. So, I mean, I kind of started with the days I knew and, you know, so I got it to the fact that they were March 26th when they got to Susie's house. So three days would be, you know, the 29th. So May 29th, if you're just going straight months. So yeah. March, May, so March, May 26th, three days, May 29th, and then five hours to make it May 30th is what gotcha. I gotcha. I had May 31st. So somewhere well, maybe, in that neighborhood. Yeah. Maybe my math was just wrong. <laughs> and I think actually the Stranger Things Wikia has it as May 29th. So, yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. The Duffers definitely don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was, was that it? Yeah, that was it. Let's start with the whole Sullivan and Wallace bit and just jump through that very quickly. I, I did. I got a kick out of Sullivan's unintentional funny line that either this is an imaginary boogeyman from another dimension or. <laughs> right. It's like, little do you know, sir. Yeah. It, it really is. It really is. Boogeyman from another dimension. Yeah. So uh, what was that thing you had him in? Like a box, like a kind of a, yeah, it was, it was kind of like, I think it was kind of calling back a little bit to the great escape and the whole cooler King bit, because that's kind of, that's what Steve McQueen kept getting locked in. It's kind of like a solitary confinement. It wasn't that small. I mean, that was just kind of like a torture box. Like a, they had him like in a boiler room or something. Yeah. I think that was just in a basement somewhere, but we don't, we don't really know where. So Okay, so let's get into the Nina project and L. So she's saying her brain signals are all scrambled. And then he has this whole video rivaling family video with the video right? selections what that he has. What was that? <laughs> so then we, she agrees to go back in and then we see her play Plinko or what we'll, we'll call Plinko. Yeah. And the conversation that she has with the friendly orderly, she asks him, about number one and he says you know that was you know it reminds me of someone who i used to know really well and that'll be a story that we save for another day and then he kind of the the key part that will come up much much later and much more importantly is he, when he was saying you have to find your strength in a sad memory or an angry memory and then also he mentions he's kind of giving her you know kind of the fuel to you know which makes me wonder do we know how old was Callie when she left? Well, yeah, this was September of 79 is what all the videotapes say. And going she was already the, gone. Going on the theory that she's eight. So, you know, the, the only time we see Callie, you know, pre-adult Callie was, you know, when she's on the floor in the rainbow, what looked like the rainbow room then. Mm-hmm. With the pigtails and the school, yeah. the schoolgirl outfit. So she must have gone by like six or seven, I would think. I don't know if it was just, I mean, we don't know if it was just recent or not, but I would imagine in those flashbacks, she was no more than, I mean, no younger than six or seven. So, right. And, but she seemed so much older than 11. Yeah. And I think, I mean, she is in real life too, obviously, but right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's kind of one of those unanswered questions. And I don't think we'll ever get the answer. Mm-mm. I don't think we'll ever. I feel like they kind of wreck on. Callie's story to uh Henry's yeah I I I wonder I yeah I just I wonder if maybe the Duffers were planning on bringing her back at some point or talking about it more and then because there was so much outcry I wonder if they rethought it I don't don't know I don't maybe I don't even know if they'd even admitted if that were, were true so like we've said though I feel like if they had placed that episode anywhere else in that season it would have it it would have had a chance maybe it was just it's exactly where it was placed that yeah. Is what caused the problem. 
Yeah, I mean, they could have even started the season with it. Somehow got an L, mm-hmm. you know, out there. Yeah. 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 So then we have the the stay in your circle game when two went against six, um, like you mentioned. And mm-hmm. then, and this is what you were talking about last week with the, they get an extra hour of free time in the rainbow room and they all light up like it's Christmas. I know. I'm like these poor children. Last week, it was some saltwater taffy, one piece. Yeah. This week, it's an extra hour in that they try to make it sound fun. The rainbow room. And they and- look like it's fun. They look like it's, you know, and I'm going to give each of you a million dollars. And yeah, you know. that's how much that they, that's how little they know about the yeah, world. Right. Oh, like- this homemade Plinko board and this. The, the puzzle that's all white pieces. The puzzle that's all white pieces. And then I don't know. I don't think it's this episode and it's not a spoiler, but we see like 11 coloring with some like broken crayons. Yeah. And then the other guys are, they have the, the metal balls and the maze and they're, they're slipping a little yeah. bit. Yeah. That's your fun time. Yeah. Right. These poor um, kids. I did like how they had, they ended the, that scene showing Marty. Uh, oh yeah. Which I thought was really cool to, cause it, it's hard because you kind of get in the feeling that it's, you know, and Holly was saying this too, that she thought, you know, they should have had Marty in it more to kind of. I agree. Remember. I do too. I thought the same thing because also how much creepier does it make it? Would we learn Henry's like who he's trying to convince later on? Right. Like why dude, why an eight-year-old? Right. Yeah, exactly. So then she goes back to Plinko after beating two in the thing. And it just kind of struck me as odd that she can't make a Plinko chip go where it's supposed to go, but she can throw number two across the room. Yeah, it's <laughs> a very There's a very wide range of her abilities. It's either like she can do the most or nothing yeah <laughs> it's just very strange uh and then she gets threatened by two and his buddies in the in the rainbow room and then she comes to the realization that she knows what happened that she killed them all so that will obviously be re- revisited later which so. is funny because the first i don't know if i'm probably the only one that is when i first watched it i thought all that blood was from them beating her up oh right yeah and i was like oh yeah they did some serious damage and then i realized that it was her with this flashback right but that's another point like to holly's point is that they could have used marty there to really show how terrible these kids are like they like they're picking on like a little bitty tiny girl yeah and they're all like big dudes yeah big dude well one's a girl yeah dudette yeah yeah Yeah, i was yeah it's a little crazy so uh i know we keep mentioning plinko it's actually i was just kind of on a on a whim i went back and i found a youtube clip of the first time plinko was on prices right it was my favorite game i'll uh, i'll post a, i'll post a link to it but it's really funny because bob barker was trying to explain plinko and he's like oh, it's no. called it's called plinko because it makes this plinky 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 sound apparently our writers <laughs> were all drinking at the time <laughs> he said this like on the prices right I'll, I'll put a clip of it it's it's really funny so that's hilarious oh i love prices right so let's uh, let's blow through Murray and Joyce and Hopper, uh, and then we'll get back to um, the Kelly boys, and then we can end up in Hawkins. So I really liked the scenes with Joyce and Murray kind of teasing Yuri while like he's, Yuri. he's tied up to the trees. And it looks like we got ourselves a moron. <laughs> it looks like we got ourselves a deal. But I liked even better than that when Murray was talking about, you know, I went out there and I found tracks and Joyce was like, tracks. tracks. And it yeah. looks like bears, bears. Yeah, she's, <laughs> although, you know, I'm really not like, I know you love Murray and I like him too. I like him in the scenes with the Cali crew, but I'm not, I think I'm just so 
like ready to get back to Hawkins that like yeah. even this plot, I was like, I don't care. Yeah, no, I, don't, I, I don't want yeah. I don't like want Murray's like witty lines and you know, like I like frantic Joyce. Right. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. And she's she's great at that. So mm-hmm. um one thing I did pick up on though is they were at the church and Yuri said it's a two hour drive to the prison, which means Hopper went what? For, no, yeah. For so two I, hours on a snowmobile. I think everybody barefoot? that is on stranger things is really bad at math I think it's so, like so. having me on the team are they they forget what they you know what they just showed two episodes earlier when hopper is barefoot and riding a snowmobile goes up over a hill and he's at the church so right like strange yeah so then we got the dinner speaking of hopper with all kinds of crab legs and all kinds of goodiness i did find it odd that they gave yeah, you know, the thing that hopper smashes the walnut with looks like a like a pick on one side and a hammer on the other yeah I mean, seems like a weapon that could be dangerous yeah, to hand over to prisoners. Let's let's go after the guards, guys. Yeah, you know why not? But again, it like raises the point of why did the prisoners hear about the the Demogorgon? Not only here, but the other guy knew because Hopper said, "Is he eight feet tall?" And yeah, white? And he'd and seen he, it. Yeah, but then, but Dimitri, Enzo has no clue. Yeah, didn't know that it existed. Like, are they? Maybe there's just separate like factions within the prison hey, I believe so like any- maybe only some of them know about it i really don't know I, I believe anything at this point so who knows yeah okay so salt lake city i got a real kick out of the uh sterling the one who was doing the filming it kind of so reminded me of like what wes anderson might have been like as a kid oh yeah <laughs> stay in it tabitha stay in it <laughs> just great so then i chronic i i chronicled all the names of these kids so we have tabitha peter cornelius eden Susie, sterling tanner and tatum those are great names they're not bad <laughs> it's just really cute they're not bad i i really want to know Susie's backstory where's her mother yeah and his... why is eden just like she's had it eden's <laughs> like the mother I, I i think i think that's probably why she's had it because she may be the mother or it may be the mother figure yeah 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 and like, what is father doing where he's work? I don't know. Oh, I guess it is in the middle of the week. I thought it was a weekend, but yeah. And we will get to what he was doing because I actually, why played... is everybody working from home in 1986? I know. Right. In this show. <laughs> so then we get the shot of Susie on the roof, kind of like Captain Morgan. She's so the... cute. She's adorable. She is so cute. And her voice is so sweet. Yeah. Like her voice. What the heck are you guys doing? Yeah. Or no, she goes, who the heck are you? Who the heck are you? She's just great. It's just so sweet. So they give her the whole spiel about the American Nintendo, which I thought was, mm-hmm. which was cute. She like geeks out over it being a 16 bit game, completely forgetting that her own computer is 16 bit. If you look at it. it was I know. And then when she does break into her father's study, I know we, this is all over the place, but HTML hadn't been invented yet. CSS hadn't been invented oh, yet. Yeah. Those both there came in the, in the early nineties, but I did do a little bit more digging in the NSF net was actually invented in 86 and that was kind of the first kind of well the second major framework kind of the pipeline that started going and one mm-hmm. of the one of the tent poles in the nfs net pipeline was salt lake city interestingly enough so huh. there are like eight eight cities in the country you know new york los angeles denver whatever and salt lake city was one of them so uh, that was kind of neat I, you know and i thought this was strange and maybe it's just because i don't know enough about the mormon religion but they had a picture of the last supper behind yes the kids i I thought you were gonna ask me that actually oh yeah and but the reason i caught it is because i didn't think that 
Mormons believe that there was a Last Supper, but they do. I have, I, I honestly don't know what Mormons believe. I just always assumed they were kind of a branch of kind of loose Christianity. And obviously she's, I, got, she's got Jesus stuff all over the walls. So yeah, they've got like, they believe that Jesus is the son of God, but they also have added books to the Bible. So they okay. don't, they have like our Bible, like, a like, a, uh, I mean, whatever you want to call it, the typical Bible. And then they have like the book of Mormon and then there's a few right. other ones. And then they believe that Jesus and God are two separate beings, I believe, regardless. Yeah. yeah. So I was, but I was just confused with the imagery because I didn't think that they commonly use that, but. I yeah, I, I didn't really know, but I saw all the Jesus pictures everywhere. So if there's Jesus pictures. You would think there'd be the Last Supper picture. So kind of. True, true. So, I found it interesting that for all of uh, Susie's math prowess, she thinks that they drove 3000 miles. And I looked on a, on a map. That's and, like across the country. Well, the distance from Salt Lake City to Key West, Florida, isn't even 3,000 miles. It's like 2,500 miles. So it's barely 1,500 miles to Indiana if she thinks they came from there. And it's even obviously less if you know they came from California. So yeah, girl, what are you doing? We talked about Dustin's birthday. And then, so then we got the, there's a very quick shot when her father is typing and I kind of freeze framed it to look at it and he's working on Amiga workbench which came out in 1985 and I actually found a link for that on YouTube too a guy goes through all of Amiga's workbench 1.0 which came out in 85 and so you can kind of see what what computers used to look like children <laughs> <laughs> nothing like what you think they did but he's writing what looks to be kind of like a sermon or a paper or something about preparing for a celestial marriage <gasps> um yes and he quotes in the thing president gordon b hinckley but he didn't become president of the mormon church until 1995 so go figure huh a little bit of a little bit of an error and then we end with argyle in the van with eden which i thought was just great it was just a funny little i loved eden i want to know more about eden i do too that could be the spinoff i'd I'd watch that one. i would watch that yeah okay so let's go to hawkins we'll go all the way back to the beginning the cops have shown up at the lake jason is holding dead and mangled patrick Uh, And then they go inside and as he talks about Jason talks about Eddie being a vessel for Satan. And then we get the quick shot under the water of the fish getting kind of hit by the tentacle. Mm -hmm. That'll come back and play at the end of the episode. So the next day, Eddie steals the walkie talkie from the building site. And just on a whim, because this is what I do. I looked up the, the, the excavator in the background. It's a John Deere 230 LC, which didn't come out until 1997, but you know, whatever we'll go on. I can't imagine they would be able to find a 1986 construction vehicle. So true. We'll let that one slide. Then we're in the car with the guys and Steve's eating the Pringles in the way back with Dustin. They get to reefer Rick's place and the cops are holding their uh, press conference I did notice on the van, uh, the Action 9 News van, it says WKJB, which is actually a radio station in Puerto Rico. There's no TV station called WKJB, but I think they just picked Ooh. kind of random letters and did that. Yeah. And then we see all the parents watching the TV too. And Ted is... Oh, Ted. Ted is just Ted. <laughs> just, I love Ted. He's Ted just... is, is going to get his tongue ripped out by... Yeah, I, I, think a, I think a divorce is... <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if a divorce is imminent especially in the next scene when they come screaming back after the town. Yes. Meeting. And, and she's like, she always does. He's like anything Twist possible. Yeah. <laughs> Our kids aren't murderers, Ted. Kids aren't murderers, Ted. Yeah. So back up a little bit, they get to skull rock, which Steve practically invented, which I thought was totally <laughs> believable. And I, I like that. 
Then we get the backstory on Patrick. I know it had been a question that a lot of people had throughout the season because Chrissy had her bulimia and Fred had the mm-hmm. run. What was Patrick's issue? And it turns out that he was being abused. Uh, he showed up for school one day with the black eye. And then we also had that little bit, I think it was in episode three or four, when Vecna was kind of going, hopping through the red world, going from person to person. Yeah. And it, and it ended with what sounded like an adult saying, you know, you're drinking again, you're killing this family. And then it lands on um, Patrick. So father might be an alcoholic, mom might, you know, and yeah. there might be abuse going on. So that's Patrick's backstory. And then Robin and Nancy are talking, they become officially friends and, and Robin keeps edging Nancy more and more towards Steve um, and mentions the whole flinch, flinch and wince thing with Jonathan. Oh yeah. And then I, I got a kick out of Steve and Dustin and their little back and forth about where Skull Rock was. And Steve's like, it's right here in your stupid cocky little face, Dustin. <laughs> and he's saying all this in the just the most beautiful yellow cashmere sweater, which was just I know. Why was he wearing it? was just a sweatshirt, but I loved it. I'm like, yeah, it just it just, it, so just it looked like kind of a, it could have been, I don't know what it was. It was just kind of interesting. So then we get the town meeting, which I will call Jason's revival tent travel show. <laughs> really was but Callahan made me laugh so hard oh yeah we will be written up this will be on your permanent record so I thought that was great and then also keep in mind we'll get to it back in in episode nine when we get there but the guy who ends up leaving who walks out yeah he he comes back and in, 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 uh, in episode nine so remember him we talked about the parents getting back to the wheelers and Karen calling the police and then oh Dustin when they're at Skull Rock did you notice his shirt the, I did. Yeah, the banjo contest from Vermont. I knew the Craftsbury. The Craftsbury banjo contest from yeah. 1986, which was a real thing. It started in 1969. It was a huge thing. Yeah. I and thought you were going to ask me I know. if Craftsbury was a real place. real place. It is a real place. I've been there. I know. It's about two hours down the road. And the nearest I could figure, and I, I, I got to find somebody around here. Actually, I got a friend of mine who works at the Historical Society, so I might talk to him about it. He might know. The nearest I can figure, they kind of stopped the contest in 1984. So I don't even know if there was an 86 one, but I found a link on um, someone's Flickr page, and I'll post a link to it from photos from an early 80s Crossberry banjo contest. So I'll post that so you guys can see some some photos of. You know, I'm always what it curious like where he gets these shirts. Like, what's the story of Dustin's t-shirts? That and the music too. I mean, it's just such random music and such random t-shirts. I mean, I mean, I, I think yeah, it'd be like, it'd be such a hoot to be like Dustin's wardrobe supervisor. I know, because <laughs> you could just be like, "Let's find the weirdest thing we can find." Right. <laughs> So then I really like the the interchange between Nancy and Dustin when they're getting on the boat to go out. And Dustin's like, it's it was my plan. I need to go out. I should go out on the boat. And he's like really super standing up to Nancy. And and Nancy's like, no, I'm going. And then he and then hands out and holds her hand out to get the compass. And and then so Dustin goes from like being really defiant to like pouting. He's like, Yo, oh, yeah, fine. Here's the compass. <laughs> Which I thought, I thought was cute. And then we got Steve's original backstory because he was originally going to be. A swimmer. Yeah, like swimmer stud guy. Which I, I kind of, I'm kind of sad he wasn't. Kind of wish they'd stuck with that. Yeah, it, it'd be a lot harder to do because I, li- I like the scene with him and Billy, you know, playing basketball. But that just seemed like a pickup game. Didn't seem like practice. Well, I kind of thought it was practice, but maybe it was. Yeah. Oh, I just thought it was gym class. Yeah. Well, I could be. Yeah, it might have been just gym class too. Yeah. Good point. But yeah, so Steve was originally going to be 
the resident asshole and a swimmer mm-hmm. guy and that all changed <laughs> i just feel like that would have been like so different they're always basketball players yeah it's true so then we get the he gets grabbed by the tendril goes down he finds the thing and goes out the other side and gets wait you missed a very important part with the with max and i can't remember if it's lucas or dustin's like when did he get so hairy yeah oh and max is like let me see yeah. and she oh, just yeah. takes the, the I'm t- i have it in my notes to talk about later but yeah yeah, I, I did like that. Yeah, Lucas. Is that like, one of your little things? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I just, it cracks me up every time. She just stares. Lucas like, and, when did you get so hairy? And Dustin's like, I know. I keep telling him to tell you that. And Max is like, <laughs> let me see. I thought it was great. Yeah. So I'll actually put a link up to this too. They did a whole behind the scenes thing on that Netflix geek thing on how they filmed the dive and the tank and everything like that. And Steve and, and uh, Maya are talking about it. So I'll post a link to that too. So I think that's it for show notes. Anything else? Mm-mm. no i have no show notes i've got i've got my other stuff all right so let's get into our segments where would you like to start uh let's do movies okay we'll go to the movies we should be at the mall or like watching a movie or something yeah go ahead and you, yeah what do you got and then i'll kind of so actually i want your thoughts on this i because i saw i immediately thought the scene where you know where steve pops back up mm-hmm. and then the little vine gets him Yep. And jerks back down. I immediately thought Jaws 2, where Eddie and Chrissy are out on the boat. And interesting names. Yeah. Right? Right. Eddie and Chrissy are on their boat. This boat. No, Tina. Sorry. It's not. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie and Tina. And he gets knocked out of the boat because of the shark and he pops up and he's like telling Tina to get him in the water. And then as soon as he does, he says that the shark pulls him under it was just very much like what happened to steve and i saw people comparing it to the original jaws with chrissy in the first scene right and she gets pulled under but i yeah i i took it as kind of jaws in general i mean i didn't you know it was kind of like a you know something's under the water and something pulls him under kind of you know which is like my literal nightmare you couldn't pay underwater you just couldn't get you just couldn't pay me to get into an open body of water at night couldn't pay no. me there's oh, no lord no no amount of money i don't i don't like lakes and ponds and those i don't kind either of things anyway I'm, nope. I'm i'm fine in the ocean like three five feet out but i'm not i'm like I'm, you can get up to my knees just about yeah that's, that's and then good. i'm done yeah so <laughs> i thought eden was a, a very breakfast club yeah breakfast club allison she or character she looks just like her exactly like her right yeah yeah and then i did um did steve's outfit remind you of die hard Oh, kind of, you know, no shirt and pants. No shirt, no no shoes bare feet. on. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of John McClane and Die Hard. I kind of got the, uh, when Jason was, you know, leading his, you know, pitchfork army, kind of, you know, Frankenstein or Beauty and the Beast or yeah, Halloween was, or any of those. Yeah. It definitely reminded me of something and I just couldn't put my finger on exactly what. And then I also noticed kind of the Halloween-y music kind of came back too when they were getting ready to get in the boat at the end. It's kind of, you know, kind well, of. I didn't a, catch it. It's it's not exact, but it's kind of, I think Dixon and Stein wrote it and it's kind of like, you know, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So, but that's all I had for movies. So yeah, I just had those three the tire peel outs. Oh boy. <laughs> so the cops at the beginning and then driving mm-hmm. and then <laughs> parking again, Nancy driving to meet Eddie when they're just, when they're in the car and they go around that curve 
she somehow still gets a squeal out of her car or the sound designers do i'm sure there was nothing wrong with the car the sound designers all put that in afterwards <laughs> when argyle pulls into Susie's, we get more you know the anywhere argyle is present there's going to be a deal and then bang 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 when the parents pull into the wheeler's house like screech mm-hmm. and screech and screech yep and then at the end, when Powell and Callahan are in the car and they turn around and go screaming back to Skull Rock after they get the radio call. So there's your there's your tire peelouts for the episode. Oh, we can do Colin moment. Oh, yeah, let's do it. I actually had a lot to choose from this week, which was kind of kind of strange. I know I, I was I told you you could have gone with any of them. Yeah, I, we, we could have talked about make out points from our youth. We could have talked about when the Internet dawned in our in our lives, any of that kind of stuff. But I went with channeling my inner Sterling Bingham kind of the, the the budding film director doing his little home movies in the house. That was actually something I did. Seventh, eighth grade, I remember. So that must have been, well, it was after Thriller came out because we made a spoof of Michael Jackson's Thriller video. I ran the camera and my two best friends, one was Michael Jackson's character and one was Ola Ray's character, the the woman in it. And we did this whole thing and and my friend had like a like an old abandoned woodshed in his yard and he chased her into the woodshed and we had the yellow, you know, the kind of the yellow fake not contact lenses but you know yellow plastic things you could kind of picture yeah. shut. And then I had a cameo. <laughs> you had a cameo. I had a cameo as Santa Claus where I came in the roof while all this was going on. So the oh, werewolf this is- was chasing you know, you remember the end take. of yeah. You remember the end of Thriller when she's in the house and she's freaking out and all the monsters are coming in. Yeah. So we film that and then I come in and go, oh ho oh, oh, ho, wrong house, goodbye, and I leave. <laughs> you know, kind of dressed as Santa Claus. So yeah. And the thing is, this movie does not exist anywhere. And well, you can't find it. No, and we. I think I don't know what happened. I think it may have gotten like our teacher kept it or something because I remember it was it was seventh grade or eighth grade. And it and it struck us because we we're all friends through high school too. And it struck us like one day in high school, I'm like, whatever happened to that video that we made? And by that time, who knows? I mean, a teacher could still have it somewhere or something in a file drawer. I have no idea. But yeah, we we were we were all that into sucks. videos, and but it was all on Super Eight. And I remember I, my dad had like a, a Super Eight. It was his camera, and we had like a like a little spool to spool editor, and you would literally cut the film oh and then cut another piece and then you would they had like little scotch tape that you put it together with and that's how you edit it and i remember doing this whole thing and it was like this whole spoof on thriller and we 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 had such a good time no we didn't do that i mean we made movies a lot my brother especially he was ruined the ninjas which i think ninjas just got real popular in the 80s maybe Mm. and because he had nunchucks we had throwing stars we had samurai swords, tons of stuff that you should not let kids play with. But man, we <laughs> had them. And he he and his friends were always making these like ninja movies where they would basically just like they would improvise so that they had, you know, like sweatshirts pulled down. You could only see their eyes. Oh, cool. And on our farm and they would use like we had an orchard and they would like run through the trees like hiding it from each other yeah but we didn't have to like cut it and edit it those it was like when you had the the mini vhs tapes they're like mini cassettes and you would put it in a bigger vhs cassette oh yes much easier and then put them in there's there was like really no editing involved it was just 
you had to pause right and start back up you just had all these weird pauses yeah because this would have been if i was seventh grade so i would have been 12 right so 83 80 82 oh yeah it was right when thriller came out so it was like right after that so yeah much much more difficult but yeah so there's a colin moment just reminiscing about making movies when i was a kid like little sterling little sterling bingham okay let's play some where in the world is so skull rock is out by cornwallis and garrett i'm really getting sick of hearing the word cornwallis tossed around i mean there must have been other streets garrett is another street in durham very close to cornwallis actually so skull rock was actually filmed at stone mountain park on boat rock and there's actually uh, i found a youtube video of some this couple that went out and found the filming location based just on hearing rumors that the season four hadn't even come out yet and they like uh, we heard that they were filming out here and they filmed it. And like, I don't know what it's going to be used for, but here it is. So I'll, I'll post a link to that too, because that's kind of neat. So I'm going to quiz you on Kyrian, which is actually spelled K-Y-R-Z-R-A-N, which is where supposedly Yuri's church was. So Kyrian, Kamchatka, real place or not a real place. And if it is real, is it in Kamchatka? Well, I have no idea. So this is just a total guess. Okay. I'm going to say real and near Kamchatka. It is not real. It is made up. Well, why? I mean, okay. Who knew, right? Yeah. (laughs) Who knew? I'll ask you an easier one. Okay. What I think is easier and was fascinating. I don't know why this is so fascinating to me, but Susie's house. Where was that filmed? It looks like a Chicago house, but I know they didn't film there. Atlanta? It was filmed in Atlanta. Yeah. And yeah. I never, I never realized that all those guys came back to Atlanta. I thought they were kind of stuck out in New Mexico filming. No, I knew they filmed some in Atlanta. Yeah. I, I had no idea. I just assumed it was, I didn't think it was Salt Lake city. And I, I think when they're driving into Salt Lake city, I'm sure that was a composited shot. I don't think there's a highway like that, that leads into Salt Lake city. I could be wrong, but I looked on Google maps and couldn't find anything. Yeah. Uh, but I knew yeah, they were it, in Atlanta. It, it just kind of shocked me that those guys came back to Atlanta to, to do filming. So that was kind of cool. Well, they're in Hawkins at some point and Hawkins is in Atlanta. Well, they're not in Hawkins for a good long while. Right. I mean, they've so, been in, they've been in New Mexico and out in the Nevada desert forever. So I just figured it was somewhere in, uh, you know, yeah, somewhere out no. there or somewhere. So, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Hey, they came home. So the last thing is the coordinates that Susie pulls for where mm-hmm. the Nina project is. So it's 37 and change North, 116 and change West. And I actually looked this up. I won't quiz you on it, but I looked it up. That's the, is well, it Ruth, Nevada? Exactly. No, it's actually kind of right in the middle of nowhere, Nevada, seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's right in the middle of where all the atomic bomb tests were. Oh, like, I don't know. Did you ever see the video of like from way back in the fifties? of the atomic bomb going off and it blows through a house and there's mannequins yeah. in the house. Yeah. Yeah. That, like in Indiana Jones and the crystal skull. Yes. So that house is literally two miles from where the coordinates are. And then on the other side is like all these craters from atomic bomb blast. There's like a dozen different craters. That's wild. Yeah. So that's, that's where it is. It's right in smack in the middle of the nuclear testing grounds from the fifties. So, well, before this season, I would have been like, maybe it means something, right? but it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Okay. Any little things? I didn't have any little things and I tried to find some this week and I couldn't find any. Wait, did, did you see something? Yeah. What, what did, what did you see? I only, I only had a couple. I thought it, 
when um, at, the, at the first scene between Brenner and L, and he um, he says, you know, hang on, and your these memories will come back, and you'll get there. And then he gives her a little bonk on the nose. Did you know? Did oh, you that? Brenner does. Yes, a little boop. Little well, boop on the and nose. I. I guess she has like just Stockholm syndrome because I'm like, why? Like at first I was like, is she just playing the long con? But I don't think she was. I think she really was like, I've got to stay here and get my powers back. Yeah. It was was a little little boop right on the nose. Yeah. I really liked on the technical side uh, when they were doing the circle game. And at one point, the friendly orderly is walking behind the kids and the kids keep changing because they're kind of cycling through them. So the kids are changing, but he keeps walking behind oh. them so it's like so he's like one continuous motion in the background and yeah the kids are changing i thought it was just really really cool editing so shout well, out did to you Dean see Zimmerman the clip that. of him in did you see the clip of him where he's it's jamie campbell bauer just like telling the little kids a story like yeah while yeah. they're waiting yeah and, you know really he cute. seems like such a nice guy and i know he's just so clip. cute yeah so and they all seem to love him i know right I also like the the clip of Marty and and Millie and Matthew doing jumping jacks like before. The, oh yeah, that was, a, that was a cute little cute little behind the scenes thing too. So, so I noticed when they got out to Skull Rock, Eddie did have Pringles at his feet, but there were no beer bottles to be found anywhere. And I know Nancy had the bag as they were walking through when she was talking with Robin about Jonathan wincing and everything, uh-huh. but it doesn't look like they ever brought Eddie his beer. So poor guy. Poor guy. And then a little quibble with the, the whole digital watch thing because his digital watch. Oh yeah. Frozen. When he said that, I was like, if it was ruined. It was, I mean, it had been an analog watch. It would have been fine. If it was just a normal right. dial watch, Yeah, it would have gone in the water. It would have stayed frozen at nine twenty-seven, And then you're not, and then it's not even an issue, but because they made it a digital watch. It would have had like condensation under it and it wouldn't, it, it was, wouldn't have shown any numbers. It, and... was, it was strange. And then two little quick ones, Steve and Dustin in the way back of the, I know we talked Back in season three, one of my column moments was riding in the way back. So I thought it was funny that they oh, had to yeah. ride in the way back. And then my last one was after the press conference, Callahan given his like two thumbs up <laughs> as the press conference ended. So Powell's like, okay, that's it. We don't have any time for questions. And Callahan's like, thumbs up. It's <laughs> kind of funny. So. I'd watch a spinoff with them. That would be funny. Yeah, it would be good. All right, let's talk a little bit of music. So this first one is kind of strange. And and odd, but I'll go with it. So in that first scene when Nancy and them are in the station wagon and Robin's having her doubly, triply screwed bit. So the music they're listening to sounds very much like girls on film at the beginning. It's like the, you know, so I looked it up. Oh, I actually shazammed it. And it's, it's from a Australian soap opera called Prisoner Cell Block H, which is actually called Prisoners over in England and in America, but it was, it ran from 79 to 86. It was kind of like an Australian think of if, if orange is the new black was like a soap opera, like a mm-hmm. cheesy 80 soap opera. That's kind of what it was. So the song is called string fellows. So listen, listen to this. So this is string fellows. This is, this is the, what was used in the actual show. This is on the, you know, in the soundtrack of the show. So now listen to this, because this is Girls on Film by Duran Duran.
so which came first and because clearly i mean you could not get and i'm i'm like searching all over the place for like copyright infringement and who sued who because there's nothing similar songs i got nothing so the only thing i could think is that girls on film came out first and string fellows just kind of riffed on it and nobody really cared because probably nobody, nobody ever heard it because it was background music in some obscure australian women's prison soap opera or something but it was just why really did strange. they use that i don't know but isn't that weird it's really weird yeah. I, and you know if it was before season four, I would think it meant something. I know. But it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> so then the music, uh, which I loved, which didn't even strike me as a classical piece, kind of struck me as like a, as a soundtrack or a movie soundtrack when Susie's Captain Morganing up on her roof. I thought it was still that like jaunty synth music. I know, right? It sounded like it was like some kind of 80s, you know, soundtrack or something, but it's actually a violin concerto. Opus 35, the finale, by Eric Wolfgang Korngold. Huh. So, who knows? It's classical music. And it's Has just, it been used in any other movie? I don't know about that, honestly. I didn't I didn't do a whole lot of looking. Because that, that scene way. seemed familiar to me. It gave me, you know, like 80s right? yeah. family adventure vibes. Yeah, it did. It was totally like a, you know, kind of you know, like an eighties kind yeah. of ET or, you know, kind yes. of that kind of thing. Yeah. But no, it's just a classical piece, like an older classical piece, not, not even contemporary. So huh? who knew? And then I won't play it, but the um, selection from the snow maiden opera, Tchaikovsky snow maiden opera was what was playing when the prisoners were eating their little feast in the, in the prison. I tried to see what they were eating, but I was too distracted by all the gross mouth sounds. I mean, really? Right. Everyone, it, it, did they have the microphones in their mouths? I have no idea what was going on. It made me sick. And it was just so wet and squishy. Why is everything squelching and wet? Oh, I don't know. In season four. Oh, it's just really strange. And then there was actually a brief bit by Survive, which is Dixon and Stein's band, you know, before they left to do the Stranger Things music. So that's playing. Is that when Hopper is showing Dimitri that he got the lighter? It's when um, uh, the circle game in the lab, when L and two are kind of facing off against each other. So it's, it's actually, well, here. It's called Cutthroat by Survive, which is Dixon and Stein's band. And then we get past the duchy, um, obviously, when Eden and Argyle are in the back of the van. So. All right. So that does it for that. I got a couple emails I wanted to go through. One is from Chris in Tennessee, who says TV tag is real in Tennessee. Sorry, Whitney. Oh my gosh. If I get any more of these people, but that's, you guys but that's don't not know. the important thing. That's not the important thing. I want to go back to season three again, because remember we talked at the time about how I found Murray's warehouse and you can't get to it from a car and mm-hmm. where the heck was Alexi driving? Cause he was driving into a rock then into the woods. Yes. Yes. So he says um, he lives in Tennessee and he says he's been to most of the, a lot of the stranger things filming locations. And he says, you literally can't access Murray's warehouse through a road where Alexi was planning to drive is literally a forest. As you said, there are homes close by, but yeah, we were right that it's it's not accessible by a car, which was kind of strange. And then he also said from back in the Dear Billy episode, we were talking about the golf tournament. And remember, I looked it up. Yeah. yeah. So he says uh, someone on TikTok actually did the research and found that the actual championship was the players championship 
which was held on March 30th, 1986. So very close in time, but not, not quite right. And I will post a link to that little TikTok bit. So thank you, Chris, for writing about those. And then he also has uh, more in the email that we will talk about when we get to episode eight, because he has some more information on that, but we won't talk about that yet. Then we got another email. This is from Harriet, age 12 in Brisbane, Australia. Hello, Harriet. G'day, Harriet. Uh, She says, I've recently started watching Stranger Things. Me and my mom started when uh, watching when season four, volume one dropped. And she says, is it just me and my twisted, morbid mind? She's 12. Keep in mind. (laughs) Talking about her twisted, morbid mind, which I love. Yeah. But does the book It kind of tie into Vecna's storyline, how It and Vecna respectively use their victim's fears to haunt them? Again, the inside of a 12-year-old girl. I know. Which I love. So yeah, she mentions Chrissy's Believe Me, Fred's, you know, the car crash and, and Max's Billy's death and just wondered, you know, and I think, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it does for sure. The Duffers have said on multiple occasions that they used kind of inspiration from Pennywise and Stephen King and it to create the monsters. And did you see that Stephen King was even talking about how great episode eight was? Yes. Yeah. But, but didn't like, didn't like that it was split in two or didn't like that the season was split in two. Right. Is that what he, yeah, I think that's what he said, yeah. which we've heard that it won't be next season. Right. So thank you, Harriet. Good email. Yes. And thank you also, Chris, for writing in too. All right. That leaves us with superlatives. Ooh. Da, 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 da. We have a couple emails that I will get to when the time comes, but let's start with best line. What did you have for that one? Uh, I like Steve when he's they're walking away from Skull Rock and Eddie's like, I'll follow you into Mordor. And he's like, what is Mordor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole Lord of the Rings things. Jason actually wrote that one in too. Uh, that was his that was his line of the week. Then we had Amy from Canberra, Australia. We got a little Australia following. I on, know. So, yeah. So she liked the scene when Susie was going through all the geocaching and interneting and and trying to explain everything to all the kids. So this scene. Maybe it's hidden in the code somehow? What you just said makes no sense. Hold your butts, I'll just trace the IP. The the I what? The internet protocol address. It's a unique numerical label given to all information technology connected to the internet. What's the internet? Don't worry about it. It's just going to change the world. Mine, I went with, we talked about it earlier, the whole Lucas, Dustin, Max thing with Steve and the and his hairy chest and everything, so. Oh, when Steve gets so hairy, right? I keep telling him he needs to tame that jungle, but he claims the ladies dig it. Let me see. What? Okay. Most spirited. Most spirited. I, this is kind of funny. I, <laughs> I did the Sinclair's Buick because we had one and it was gray and I loved riding in it for some weird weird reason. And when you, you know, how most people have, most cars have the, uh, they call, we just call them, oh shit bars, but where you like, there's like handles. Yeah. Yeah. So our Buick had them, like they had these little like bars that would flip out on the inside of the door. Ooh, cool. Instead of, and I remember they were that like fake wood. Oh, the nice. Pla- the, the plastic fake wood. That sounds, I, I think one of my cars had that growing up too. That sounds familiar. Yeah. It was a gray Buick and I think it had like maroon interior. Maroon, like 
fabric interior, right? Yes. 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 Like fabricy stuff. And I remember I was real obsessed with this one song by this singer named Ronnie Millsap. Sure. You know who that is? I do. Yeah. He's blind, isn't he? Don't know. I think he's blind. But yes, there was one song he had that I loved. And I just remember listening to it in that Buick all the time. <laughs> so that was my Ooh. most 80s moment. So Jason went with the uh, the mention of Nintendo and the whole American Nintendo thing when they were talking to Susie. Uh, he said it just brought the nostalgia of the 80s and, and Nintendo back for him. I didn't have one, but I hear the voice of Holly in the background. She had a great one when she was watching and she was flipping out over it when she saw it uh, like second or third viewing. And those are Susie's barrettes, <gasps> which were kind of the the hand woven with the ribbon and the yes. dangles down. She was like losing herself about remembering these barrettes. So I just I had those. She did too. Yes. Go Holly. Yeah. I, I remember them too. I mean, I didn't yeah. wear them, but I remember them. Yeah, because they were all there was just like a normal barrette, right? And then you just kind of tied ribbon around it and kind of weaved it. And then it, I don't know where my mom found them, but we yeah. I always had them. I always had like barrettes or huge bows in my hair and or something. Yeah. yeah. So Susie's barrettes, that's the most spirited. Okay. Stranger thing, me and Jason, and I presume you all had the same. And that was Steve getting eaten alive by demo bats. I didn't. I had Ooh. that at first, but I changed it. Okay. I did the kids beating up L because it bothered me so bad oh, that she yeah. was so little. Oh, when the, when two just... and, and two and the other mm-hmm. guy and the girl come in and yeah, that yeah, was kind of terrifying. I thought so. that was terrible. Okay. MVP. I gave it to Steve, my man. So did Jason and I gave it to Joe Keery. So there you uh, go. Oh yeah. It was, it was Steve's week. Yeah. This yeah, week. And great. have you, have you seen the uh, Billy the Butcher, the artist? Yeah. And the poster sees. I yeah. know. I want them all. I want yeah. them all in framed in my Can office. you buy them? You can buy them, can't you? Or can you? I um, haven't found them anywhere yet. I'm sure Netflix will have them for sale at some point. Yeah. But I'll, I'll post a link to those too so people know what we're talking about. They are amazing. He did a he did a poster for every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so and the he, one with the dive feature, Steve. That's why I thought. Right. Of. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it to Joe just because I'm sitting there watching it like third or fourth viewing, and I'm realizing that he's probably playing all of this with a green screen and fake things and weird harness things, and mm-hmm. you know, and to still pull it off. I thought it, it was just really good. I actually thought of something. And it's going to go back to just the story in general. Do you notice that there's no water in the upside down? Yes. I don't know if I had thought about it before, but yes, you are right. There's no water. Yeah, no, because the gate... yeah, the pool is empty where Barb was, uh-huh. right? Yep. And now the, the lake yeah. is empty. Right. Yeah. I would think it meant something, but it doesn't. <laughs> so talk to me a year ago. I would have thought it was like yes. super important. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But no, it doesn't. I'm just going to watch the show for what it is these days. It's a, it's a show about some kids in the eighties and a monster. Yep. That is it. That's, That's it. it. So, all right. Uh, and that is actually it for this episode. So as usual, if you, we would love it. If you would listen, like subscribe review, especially on Apple iTunes, because that helps us get in front of other potential listeners. You can always find us on social media at scoops, Ahoy pod on Facebook and Twitter. And then if you have your own superlatives, you could email them to us or any comments on the episode that we're discussing each week. We just ask that you get them to us by Tuesday at noon. So we can make sure to read the emails. If you guys send them in and then we can get them into the episode. 
And that is scoopsboypod at gmail.com. So next week we will be talking about chapter seven, the massacre at Hawkins lab. And I think that's the longest one to date, you know, of, of this season so far. Yeah. It's a little Correct? over an hour and a half, right? Yeah. 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 Obviously they get longer in eight, nine. That will be next week. So I want to thank everybody for listening and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.